You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Right? Feels nice. Nice and cozy. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't know what is going on in your life. I don't know what God is saying to you. I don't know the dealings you've been having. But I want to tell you this morning that we are on the winning side. It doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter what you think, what you feel. It's important that you take charge from the realm of the Spirit. Okay? Because the spiritual realm rules the natural. Am I correct? Yes. It rules the natural. And once you begin to take your place in the Spirit, we have established that you are seated in the heavenly places in Christ. You have been put in a position of rulership, a position of authority, a position of kingship. And God is not going to do it for you. There are things God will not do for you. You have to do for yourself. Are you following me? There are things that God expects you to rise up, use your initiative, and begin to dominate. Begin to establish your authority. Begin to establish the will of God in your sphere of influence. So this morning, last week we were, we were talking about operating from a position of victory. And uh, it crossed my mind that it is important for us to have a clear understanding of your victorious position. Because you need to understand the premise upon which you are operating or from which you are operating. You are standing as a victor, not a victim. Come on. Amen. Yeah. And there are things that Jesus has done. It will take us a lifetime to unpack what Jesus has done. But I decided to, to put down some points, more of like highlights, a few of them, to help you to appreciate what Jesus has done and to also help you to understand your position, your, your, your victorious position. You are already victorious before you even begin. Why? Because of Jesus. Are you following me? Yeah. Because of what Jesus has done, you are already victorious. Yes. So that's your default position. In the spirit, 
your default position is that of an overcomer. Okay? He says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? If you are born of God, you are an overcomer. What have you overcome? You have overcome so many things. There are things that God has done in the Spirit, and we need to begin to emphasize what God has done. We need to begin to emphasize who we are. Come on. We need to begin to emphasize who He is in us. And we need to also emphasize our enemy's position. Yes. So, first thing I want you to understand is that you have victory over Satan and his cohorts. All right? You must not be afraid of the devil. You cannot, you cannot afford to be afraid of the devil. Actually, he's afraid of you. He's afraid of you, especially if your eyes are open, especially if you know the reality, if you know what Jesus has done, and if you know who Jesus has made you. He doesn't like that. He's scared of that. Now, if... if we are victorious over Satan and his cohorts. Demons are nothing. Are you getting me? Demons are nothing. You must not be afraid of demons. No, demons are nothing. They have no power over you. They have no authority over you. Okay? They used to, but no more. Things have changed. And one of the things I've seen in the body of Christ is that a lot of Christians are afraid of demons. And I can't understand, I can't understand why a child of God, a king in God's kingdom, somebody that has been made a king in God's kingdom, is afraid of Satan's emissaries. He's afraid of demons. Demons are the lowest at the base. Even in Satan's kingdom, demons are the least. Demons are the least. In the, in the domain of darkness, there are people who are, who are Satanists and who work with... with uh, with, with Satan, okay? For example, Sangomas. You know that Sangomas, what happens is that the reason why they are able to do some of the things they do is because there are some demons that are put under their charge. Okay? So they do certain things, and there are demons that are, they are even, even in, what I'm trying to say is that even in the, in the realm of darkness, there are humans that are put in charge over demons. How much more in God's kingdom? Those ones, the demons help them to carry out their assignment. But there are higher demons that are above those sangomas. The point is that 
there are demons that are lower than them. And then there are other spirits that are higher than them. Amen? So, let's look at, uh, let's start from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to take you through just popular passages. But then, we need to reinforce certain truths. Okay, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Let me pause there. Pause there. Say, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? And against? Power. Power. And against? And against? Spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that is a hierarchy in the spirit. That is a hierarchy in the, in, 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 in the kingdom of darkness. Are you following me? That is a hierarchy. So we have the principalities. Okay? Those are the chief the principality is from the word prince. So, they are in charge of territories. They are in charge. They are in charge of, of nations. Depending on how Satan has, has divided the, the, the jurisdictions. Years ago, I, uh, I, I know a man of God years ago, God gave him a vision where he saw the spirit ruling over Nigeria. And he's, he's, he said he saw this, he saw the spirit, and he saw uh, there was a, a throne. He saw a throne in the middle of Nigeria where the two rivers meet. There's, in, if, if, if you did geography, you know what I'm talking about. There's a river Niger, there's a river Benue. So those two rivers meet at a point. So he said... In the spirit, over that place, there was a gorgeous throne that he saw. And he saw a very handsome, handsome man, looking like a man, very handsome. And he was standing, and he put his foot on the throne like that. And as he was looking at it, the Lord said to him, that is the spirit of Niger. That is the, the spirit that is ruling the nation. So every nation, there is a principality that Satan has put in charge of that, that place. Are you following me? Yeah. But I don't want to go into the details of that. The point I'm trying to make is that Satan has divided the whole earth and he has positioned his, 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 his spirits, and he has, put, um, he has put a structure in place to ensure that evil and his will and, 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 uh, uh, and, and his will is being carried out and also to try to stop the will of God from being done. Okay? So those are principalities. Then against powers, that's another level. There's another level. Powers. So there are powers that are ruling, that are ruling certain 
certain regions. So there's a spirit in charge of a nation. Then there are regions. Are you following me? There are regions. And then rulers of darkness of this age. They rule over communities. They rule over... <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's this satanic hierarchy. And then against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is the lowest. The spiritual hosts of wickedness. The spiritual hosts of wickedness, they are the ones that are behind crime. Violent crime. All these things, every, they carry out all these wicked things. So their bosses are on top, giving charge. They're like generals. And then there are commanders, there are captains, and there are, you know? So that's, that's, the, that's the setup. But of course, we know over all of this is Satan himself. He, he is over all of them. Are you following me? So now, the Bible is telling us that this is what we are wrestling against. This, so don't, don't fight people. You are missing the plot if you think people are your enemies. These are the real enemies, Amen. These are the real enemies. But the good news is that we have authority, we have power over them. Are you following me? This is not to scare you. There's nothing to be scared about. They're actually scared of you. They're actually scared of you. And I'm going to show you why they're scared of you. Satan has put all of that in place. They have been ruling for long. For long. They have been taking charge. They have been causing oppression. They have been causing all sorts of things. But listen, our time to rule has come. Amen. Our time to rule has come. This is our time to stand now and begin. Listen, you should be the principality. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because he has made us what? Kings. And what? Priests unto God. That's Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. So now if Satan has principalities, the, like I said to you, the word principality comes from the word prince. Okay? Alright. So he has, he has got principalities over regions, over nations, or whatever you can call it. He has got principalities. Now, you are a king. A king and a prince. Who is higher? A king is higher, right? A king is higher. They are principalities, but you are a king. So can you see the way God has done it? So that even the highest of them, you are already over them by default. Positionally, you are above them. Positionally, we are above them. But you know the problem? We have not yet risen up to begin to exercise our kingship. And that is why they are still in control. That is why they are still in control. That's why they are still taking charge. They, are still, they seem to be in charge. 
But the reason is because the real kings have not risen. So it's time to rise up. It's time to rise up. Let's look at the book of Isaiah chapter 14. Let's look at the fall of their, their master. Okay? Satan is their master. Now, if you are able to deal with the master, guess what? The subjects are not, are not a problem. Correct? So God didn't even bother about demons. He didn't bother about demons. He didn't... No, no, no. He just went for their master and crushed him, defeated him. Why? If their master had been defeated, every other person below him is under submission. And that is a principle, especially if you read the Bible, you find that one of the principles of warfare in the Bible is that when you go to war, usually one side will present a champion. And if that champion is defeated, every other person surrenders. And that's what happened in the case of David and Goliath. Remember? Yeah. Goliath came and stood and says, yeah, okay, I'm here. And he is like, <laughs> he is a giant. If anybody can take me on, come on, send your best. And they were there for weeks. Every day this guy will come and say, Guy, Israel, I thought you say you are children of God, you are people of God. Send somebody, send somebody. I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And nobody could take him on except David, the teenager goes and takes on the giant. And guess what? He cuts off his head. And because he cuts off his head, the whole of the Philistines were defeated. So that's the principle God applies here. Isaiah chapter 14. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 14. From verse 1, it says, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. The strangers will be joined with them and they will cling to the house of Jacob. Now, I want to, I, 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 I want to say this to help you understand the context. This, as I is speaking about, um, about a time where the children of Israel, they are Going in, they are in captivity, okay? And God is speaking about, he's, he's bringing a word which will be clear as we read on. God is saying that he's going to settle them in their own land because they've been taken out of their land, okay? They've been, they've been strangers and they've been held captive for, 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 for many years. Then he says, verse 2, then the people will take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel will possess them for servants and maids in the land of the Lord. They will take them captive, whose captives they were, and rule over their oppressors. So, 
We were once captives. Correct? We were once captives. Satan, Satan was dominating and he was ruling over our lives. We were captives to him. We were captives to Satan. We were captives to, to, to sin and so on. We were captives. And it's time for us to captivate our captors. Come on. Yeah. So we are going to take them captive. And not only that, we will rule over our oppressors. We will rule over sickness. We will rule over sin. Come on. We will rule over demons. We're going to rule over them. And, and, and unless we get up and say, enough is enough. It's time for me to take my place now. And you are not my master. You are actually below me. You are under my feet. And you begin to exercise your rulership. If you don't do that, God won't do it for you. Then look at what it says in verse 3. Can you see verse 3? It says, It shall come to pass in that day the Lord gives you rest from, number one, your sorrow. Is there anybody who has been sorrowful? <laughs> You've been sorrowful sometimes. Now, is there sorrow in heaven? There shouldn't be sorrow in your life. They shouldn't. You must not permit it. Okay? It says, the Lord gives you rest from your sorrow. And then number two, He gives you rest from your fear. Is there fear in heaven? There shouldn't be fear in your life. There shouldn't be fear in your life. Okay? And... The hard bondage in which you were made to serve. Can you see? Hard bondage. So the Lord is giving you rest from all of that. Now look at verse 4. Very interesting. That you may take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, Now Babylon, the king of Babylon was the one that oppressed the Israelites. He took them captive. And he made them to serve under serious um, servitude, hard servitude. So God is saying, take this proverb against the king of, ba of, of Babylon and say, how the oppressor has ceased. The oppressor has ceased. Have you been oppressed before? Yeah, the oppressor has ceased. You need to take that proverb against him. You need to stand up and say, no. Your oppression has ceased. Amen. Not anymore. Amen. The tables have turned. It's a new season. The golden city has ceased. That's Nebuchadnezzar's uh, infrastructure. All right? Then, look at verse 5. I like verse 5. Let's read it together. One, two, three. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers. Can you see that? The scepter, the, the Lord has broken the staff of the wicked. Now, principalities are wicked. The powers of darkness are wicked. They are wicked. They are wicked. And they rule with, with, with a hard, um, hard fist. 
They want to destroy people. I, years ago, I read a book and, uh, um, about this pastor who, who died and came back to life. And one of the things that God showed him, he saw demonic hierarchies in the spirit. But he noticed something that the principalities, it's like the higher they are, the more like human they look. Hmm? So the rulers over territories, they look just like us. They dress in suits. If you see them, you won't even know that they are demonic entities. They are very intelligent. They look decent. Come on. Yeah, but then he noticed that the lower they got, the uglier they became. <laughs> huh? So when you come and tell me, oh, this one sent me a tokolosh and all of that. A tokolosh is just at the bottom. I'm telling you, they are at the bottom. They are not at the top. But you have authority over the top. So the bottom is nothing. Yeah. Don't be afraid of tokolosh. What, what is tokolosh? Come on. What is that? Yeah. Is there anybody? You, you, you've, you've experienced anything or you've heard of those things? Yeah? And people are afraid, right? They think they want to die because they, you know, come on, come on, wake up. Yeah. You need to know what God has invested in you. Yeah. So, you see, he has broken the staff of the wicked. The staff is what they used to rule. Okay? That's what they used to rule. The scepter of the rulers, the rulers of darkness, their scepter, their, their, their staff of authority has been broken. They have no authority anymore. They have no authority anymore, so you don't have to be afraid. You don't. Don't be afraid of them. There's nothing they can do to you. Amen? Amen. For the sake of time, let's skip down to verse 12. Look at verse 12. It says, It says, How you are fallen from where? From heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Can you see that? So that is their, their boss. And he says, he's fallen. Hello? Lucifer has fallen. Did you hear me? He has fallen. And he is not going to wake up. He is not going to stand up in your life. He has fallen from heaven. And you are a citizen of heaven. Come on. You are a citizen of heaven. And you are walking. You are, you, you are walking as a king. An ambassador of heaven. And a king on the earth. So, listen. It doesn't matter what it is. There is authority over your life. 
There's authority over your life. And I want your eyes to open to these things. So that you, you understand, this is, your, this is your default position we're talking about. Before you even start anything, this is your position. So when you, when, you, when you stand and you begin to exercise authority, when you begin to pray, when you begin to declare things, you are declaring from the position where this one has been, he has been thrown where? To the ground. He has been thrown to the ground. You are seated in the heavenly places. So you see, there's a switch of roles there. He used to be in heaven. He is thrown to the ground. You used to be on the ground. You are now in the heavenly places. So who is in charge? He can only rule when there is ignorance. He can only rule when people don't know. When God's people don't know these things. So we are going to exercise the government of heaven. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to ensure that we establish the kingdom of God in this place. Hallelujah. Are you afraid? I once heard somebody say, you know, leave principalities and powers alone. Don't disturb them and all of that. And I'm saying, what kind of, what kind of gospel is this? kind of gospel is this? No, 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 no. You, we don't bind the devil. We don't, we don't disturb them. We just, we just focus on you know, positive things. <sighs> no, I'm telling you. I know somebody who talks like that. So, Satan has fallen. And if you read down, you'll see, you'll see the narrative of how um, how it happened or how it all began. It all began when he decided to ascend, when he decided to take the place of God. And God saw, hey, my friend, you've crossed the line. So, number one, you have victory over Satan and his cohorts. Are you confused about that? No. So, over principalities, powers, uh, rulers of darkness and uh, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places and all that, we have authority over them. Why? Their master has been thrown down. And they are below him. And we have been elevated. Okay? So, number two, you have victory over sin and death. We have said that before and we have to say it again. Because it will take some time for, for it to sink. Romans chapter 6 verse 1. In Romans chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It's a, it's a, it's a good question, right? <laughs> and the answer is obvious in verse 2. It says, Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it. When did we die to sin? In Christ. When Jesus died, we died with Him. There is what is known as identification. Uh, yeah, uh, substitution, right? 
So Jesus was our substitute. We were supposed to be on the cross. Do you understand? You and I, we are the ones that sin, isn't it? The wages of sin is death. Did Jesus sin? No. He didn't sin. So because he didn't sin, he did not deserve to be there. But we deserve to be there. We deserve to be there. But then he decided, oh, no. Eric, instead of you going to the cross, I will take your place. He says, I will take your place on the cross. And he, he went to the cross. And while he was on the cross, it was you on the cross. Do you understand? It was you on the cross by faith. That's what we need to appropriate that positionally you were on the cross. When he was being nailed to the cross, you were being nailed to the cross. And that's why he says, how, how is it? We who were dead. Huh? How can we now live to sin? Have you, have you ever seen a dead man sin? Have you ever seen a corpse? Okay, let me put it that way. A corpse. You go to a funeral and the corpse is there, lying there. Then he gets up and starts swearing. Have you ever seen that? Huh? Oh, have you seen a corpse get up and then start punching people? No. He can't. Why? He's dead. He's dead. So, that's how you are to sin. Are you following me? Yeah, that's how we are to sin. We are dead. Somebody say dead. Yeah, we are dead to sin. So that's why sin cannot rule over you. How come? How? It's not possible. It's not possible. And you need to understand that. You need to understand that. It is a fact and it is real. Okay? What I'm saying? Oh, Pastor, this is, it's so difficult. Yeah, it's difficult when you are not dead. When you are not dead, it's difficult. But when you are dead, it's normal. Are you following me? Yeah. It says, um, verse, verse 3 says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also walk in the newness of life. So when Jesus was buried, we were buried with him. He died, he was buried, and he was, he, 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 he was raised from the dead. And all of that, we were going through all of that with him. We were going through all of that with him. And that is why sin should not have control over us. Are you following me? Amen. Yeah. Take time and go through Romans, the book of, in fact, Romans chapter 6, chapter 6, 7, and 8. About from chapter 5 to, to chapter 8. Read those chapters and you're going to see some amazing things there. Okay? Now, um, for the sake of time, I will skip down. Let's look at verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Who is your old man? He's not your father. 
This is not your father. It's talking about your old man here is your flesh. It's your sinful nature. Okay? Yeah. So, your old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with. Can you see that? That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. We're no longer slaves of sin. A, a slave has no will. Am I correct? He has no right. Have you ever seen a slave say, oh, you know, take placard and say, no, we are protesting? No, a slave has no right. He cannot protest. Whatever, however he is treated, he takes it. Why? Because he's a slave. He has no right. The only right that he has is the master's right. So we used to be slaves to sin, but we are no longer slaves to sin. Come on. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Can you see that? Yeah, that's, that's right. We were dead. We died with Christ. Therefore, our freedom has been established in the Spirit. Okay? Yeah, if there is no sin in heaven, there shouldn't be sin in our lives. <laughs> there shouldn't, really. Honestly, there shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't be a struggle either. It shouldn't be a struggle. It should be with ease. It's normal for you to live over sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. So, you died with Christ. Isn't it normal for you to rise up with Him? Because He was not stuck in the grave. Am I correct? He was not stuck in the grave. And because He was not stuck in the grave, you shouldn't be stuck in the grave. Yeah, you should rise up with Him. Okay? Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Come on. Death no longer has dominion over him. Now, if death has no dominion over Christ, guess what? Death has no dominion over us. Yeah. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now, look at verse 11. Let's read verse 11 together. One, two, three. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you see that? Reckon yourself dead to sin. Let's read in the Amplified, Amplified Version. Look at what he says. Even so, can you see? Consider yourselves. Come on. So that word reckon means to consider. Consider yourselves also dead to sin. And your relation to it broken. So when you are tempted to sin, guess what? You say, I am dead. A dead man cannot sin. I am dead to this. So I cannot do this because I am dead to it. He says, consider yourself dead. The problem is that we don't consider ourselves dead. We don't consider ourselves dead. That's why sin is having power over us. 
We don't consider ourselves dead, and we don't consider that we have no relationship with sin anymore. The relationship has been broken. Have you ever seen someone relate with a dead person? Come on. Except in Africa where they try to. Huh? The ancestors... Uh, a friend of mine in the UK, he's, uh, he's got some members who are Africans, and uh, one of them is South African, another one from another African country. They want to get married, and now her family here, the lady's family here in South Africa, are saying that they have to come to be introduced to their ancestors before they get married. And so my friend calls me, he says, what is this? I, 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 I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? I said, ah, yeah. I said, no, it's normal here. <laughs> Things like that do happen, but they, so he couldn't, he, he couldn't really understand. So I had to take time to explain to him ancestralism and how, you know, it's, 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 it's ruling over the territory, but the, 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 uh, we can break it through the gospel. I said to him, send them to me. I'll sort them out. I'll just get one or two people and assign to them, and they will sort them out. Amen? Yeah. You don't need to be introduced to any dead person. So we are dead to sin. We have no relationship with sin. Come on. Say, I have no relationship with sin. Because I am dead to sin. Hallelujah. It says, but alive to God. The good thing is that you are not only dead to sin, but you are alive to who? To God, living in unbroken fellowship with Him in Christ Jesus. So our relationship with God is alive. It is strong. It is vibrant. And if you are connected with God, you are in relationship with God, what, what relationship do you have with sin? The only people that have a relationship with sin are people who are dead to God. People who are spiritually dead, they are not born again. They are, they are dead to God, but they are alive to sin. But we are alive to God and dead to sin. So we can live above sin. It's, 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 it's not a mystery. This is, this, is, this is plain. Come on. Do you believe that? Okay, look at verse 12. Still in the Amplified. Let's read verse 12 in the Amplified. Look at it. It says, let not. Come on. When you hear, let not. What does that mean? You have a choice. Come on. Yeah, let not. In other words, if, if I say, don't let anyone into this, um, into this sanctuary. Don't let anyone. That means you stand there and you, you need to enforce the instruction that I'm giving. Am I correct? So he says now, let not sin therefore rule as king in your mortal bodies, your short-lived, perishable bodies. Don't let sin. In other words, you see that when sin rules, it's because we allow it. I'm telling you, it's because we allow it. He says, let not. You don't hear people talk about this. Why? Because even from the pastors, everybody is allowing sin to rule. So there's no boldness, there's no courage, there's no, you know, to, to talk about this. But listen, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. The kingdom of, there's no sin in the kingdom. And we must not, we, not, we must not make excuses for it. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. So, I refuse to permit sin in my life. That is the stand we should be taking. You wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I thank you because I have your grace working in my life. Therefore, by the power of, of your grace, sin has no place in my life. I refuse to permit it. I have no relationship with it. Okay? Yeah. It says, to make you yield to its cravings. Can you see? Sin is a craving. It is a craving that is in the body, in the sinful nature, in the flesh. It is a craving of the flesh. And, and be subject to its lust and evil passions. Come on. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Let them, I break the power of sin, the dominion of sin, the control of sin over our lives right now in the name of Jesus. I declare, I declare that sin and its cravings shall not have any hold over anyone here, everyone listening to me right now, I break the power of sin over your life in the name of Jesus. I declare, I declare the dominion of righteousness over your life right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Look at verse 13. Let's look at verse 13. Verse 13, he says, he says, Do not continue offering or yielding your bodily members and faculties to sin as instruments and tools of wickedness. Can you see that? Hey, if we don't give ourselves, Satan cannot. Sin cannot. That is the truth. It's because we volunteer. We volunteer. Honestly, that is what is happening. My wife was sharing with me a vision that she had. In fact, I, she said she had a vision, and in the vision, the Lord was speaking to her. Right? The Lord said, He said, If each time you sin, something appears on your forehead, on your face, Right? There's a spot on your face that identifies the sin that you have sinned. Are you going to sin? <laughs> yeah. Because the truth of the matter is that Jesus has done everything to deal with sin. We are the ones that have not risen up. So he says to her, the Lord says to her, in fact, showed her, showed her somebody, you know, with all sorts. These are spots. And each of those spots, if, they, if it is uh, adultery, there's a spot that comes up. Adultery. And everywhere you go, you dress up, people look and they see, wow, adultery, adultery. Huh? <laughs> Will you do it? You won't. You won't. That's the truth. You won't. You will find the strength to resist it. 
You will find the strength. You will, you, you, it, <laughs> there's no temptation that will cause you to do it. But because it doesn't show physically, we just continue. But he, she said that the Lord, the Lord was saying to her that what people don't understand is that when, uh, when they sin in the spirit, it is actually visible. So demons can see it. And then it becomes, it attracts certain spirits. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. When she said that, I said, oh my goodness. Shh, this thing is real. This thing is real. And, and you know, she saw that after I began, I, I declared that sinless perfection is possible. And she said, look, this is, what, this, this is what the Lord showed me. And I said, yeah, that is it. That is it. I wish every Christian could hear that. Then you know what? We just begin to get the strength to say no. <laughs> Why? It's already inside. It, there's an inbuilt system God has put in you to overcome whatever it is. And it's called grace. That is the grace of God. Hallelujah. Can you see? So that's why it says do not continue offering and yielding your bodily members to sin as instruments. So it is we. Like I said, we volunteer. We offer. We yield. It's not because sin is powerful. So don't come and tell me, oh, Satan made me to do it. It's like that, that one pastor that, that, that spent some time with us and you know, he wanted to rape a sister in our, ch- in, 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 in our house. And, you know, when I, when I got home, I mean, I chased him out. He says, please, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sin, uh, Satan, it was Satan that made me. I said, shut up. Don't tell me Satan. Where, how, when? You yielded yourself. You, 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 you submitted yourself. You surrendered yourself. And then you say, Satan made you. Satan has no power to make you, to do anything. He has no power. If you are a child of God, he has no power. If you are not saved, yes, he has the power. But if you are in the kingdom, he has no power. The only power he has is the power you give him. Hallelujah. He says, but offer and yield yourselves to God as though you have been raised from the dead. How many people have been raised from the dead with Christ? Yes. Then offer your body to God. Offer your members. Offer your faculties. Offer your mind. Offer your mouth. Offer your hands. Offer your eyes to God. Yeah. This is your default position. Unless you change it, you're already victorious over sin. Ah, my, 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 my. It says, and your bodily members and faculties to God, presenting them as implements of righteousness. Hallelujah. So your mouth is for righteousness. It's not for gossip. It's for righteousness. Come on. Your, your, your mind is for righteousness. Not, not, not for, for fantasy, fantasizing all sorts of things. No, no. That's not what your mind is for. 
Your eyes are, are, are for righteousness. Your hands, your feet, don't carry yourself to places you shouldn't go to. No. Don't. Don't offer yourself. Don't degrade yourself. You are a king. For God's sake, you are a king. You are to rule over these things. You are to rule over these things. Yeah. Let's not cheapen what Jesus has done. Let's not do that. It's a slap on his face. We cannot, we cannot. Oh, Satan made me. Are you saying that Jesus didn't do enough? Are you saying that the sacrifice of Jesus wasn't powerful enough? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Please, 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 I beg you. Let us. Let us make up our minds. I say, Lord, I'm committing myself to be a slave of righteousness, not a slave of sin. Amen? A slave of righteousness. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. Sin has been conquered. It has been overpowered. Let's not live as though it is still on the throne. Sin is not on the throne anymore. It's not on the throne anymore. Jesus is on the throne. And even you are on the throne. Just begin to rule. Begin to rule. Start ruling over your passions. Start ruling over all those things that... All those beggarly things and those. Uh, uh, <laughs> Woo! Mighty God, I'm telling you, the devil is in trouble. There's something cooking here. There's something cooking here. But you see, by the time you master this thing, what I'm talking about, right? By the time we master it, principality and power will be easy. You know, that's, that's why, like I was saying on Sunday, your crown is what he's after. So by the time you, 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 you get your crown, you, you just walk and you say, in the name of Jesus, get out. We will chase the devil out of Midran. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, we will chase him out. I think I've said enough. We'll continue <laughs> some other time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm just revealing to you your default position. Your default position. That is who you are. That is what Christ has done for you. Amen. By the time you begin to rule, you begin to rule, you rule over sin. Okay? You rule over uh, demons, you rule over situations. You rule over poverty. You rule over sickness. You rule over, oh my goodness. Things will start changing. We're going to see amazing things. But this is where it begins. Having this understanding. All right? Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. 
For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.